Welcome to ClinFarm Pod. I'm Elena Webster, Deputy Managing Editor for the ASCPT Family of Journals. My guests today are Dr. Shirley So, Division Director for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and Associate Editor for Clinical Pharmacology and Therapeutics, Dr. Deanna Kretz, Professor in the Department of Bioengineering and Therapeutic Sciences at the University of California, San Francisco, and Deputy Editor-in-Chief of Clinical and Translational Science, and Dr. Franz Montre, Head of the Biostatistical Modeling and Pharmacometrics Research Team at INSERM and Editor-in-Chief of Pharmacometrics and Systems Pharmacology. Our moderator today is Brian Coughlin, publisher at Wiley. Thank you all for taking the time to join us for a discussion on publishing in the time of COVID-19. Brian, can you tell our audience why we felt this topic was important? As COVID-19 or the coronavirus began to spread across the world, scientists in many fields rushed to understand and combat the disease and publish their findings. While rapid publication has led to very important ideas and, and findings being disseminated quickly, There have also been some drawbacks to speeding up the review and publication processes, and we thought it might be interesting for listeners to hear how ASCPT approached this challenge and what the results have been. Shirley, can you tell us a little bit about the initial ASCPT response to COVID submissions? Yes, absolutely. And first, I'd like to thank the editorial staff at ASCPT and Wiley for putting together this podcast and inviting us all to participate. I think this is an important issue um, to discuss in the publishing world, and I'm honored to be here. So from the outset, Dr. Pete Vandergraaf, Editor-in-Chief of CPT, recognized the need for rapid coordination and deployment of a system that could enable us to respond quickly to submissions. So to start, we needed a small but dedicated team who could handle all of the COVID manuscript submissions in an expedited manner. Once this team within the Associate Editors Group was established, with the help of ASCPT editorial staff, we created a list of reviewers who were active and knowledgeable in the infectious disease arena. And these were folks who would be well poised to aid in expedited review. And by expedited, I mean, they had to commit to a three day turnaround time, which is unprecedented, I think. We knew this was a huge ask and we were very grateful for all the reviewers who agreed to complete the task. So I believe at the peak, we were receiving up to 10 new manuscripts per week, somewhere around there. At last count, we had received over 80 submissions, and about 24 of those were eventually accepted for publication. I think we hit a record with publication numbers at CPT during those months. Uh, Franz, can you talk a little bit about your experience with PSP? Yes. So in addition to sectorizing reviewers, uh, at PSP, and I think also in other journals, we decided that one of the associate editors and it's Professor Lina Friberg from Uppsala University, will be dedicated to all COVID uh, manuscripts. And she indeed uh, received all of them, handled them, choose a reviewer, and make very quick decisions about all those COVID-related papers. And again, I want also to thank all the ICPT team to allow us uh, to do such a work. Thank you. Uh, Deanna, can you talk a little bit about uh, your experience on CTS? Yeah, our experience at CTS was was very similar to the other ASCPT journals. Um, Dr. John Wagner, our editor-in-chief, also very early on came up with a strategy. And, and we decided um, with the you know, lot, large influx of manuscripts being submitted that we needed to prioritize them. So we went to a high and low priority assignment pretty early on. We tried the rapid three-day turnaround for all papers, and then we realized that all of them 
probably could be slowed down a, a little bit. Some of them, we then went to what we call lower priority, and we still had a 10-day turnaround time that we were asking our reviewers. This helped us manage our reviewer pool. We identified reviewers up front and asked them if they'd be willing to do this. At the time, of course, we had no idea how long this was going to go on. Um, and so these reviewers have been working very hard for the last several months now to um, still do this rapid turnaround, either our three for our high priority or 10 day turnaround um, for our low priority uh, reviews. Thank you. Uh, Shirley, as, as one of the dedicated AEs for CPT, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yes, this was a very unique um, and challenging experience, I think, uh, for all involved. There was definitely a sense of urgency to get the latest uh, breaking science out to the public, but at the same time, we were not willing to compromise our high publication standards, and we tried to be careful not to rush to judgment. As you can imagine, a flurry of studies and investigations came out very quickly in the spring of this year, and not all of them were of the highest scientific merit. We had to be careful to strike that balance between timeliness and novelty versus quality. And all studies have their limitations, but in every case, we had to make a call on whether those limitations were acceptable for that work at that time, given the pace of science and the amount of value that that particular article would add to scientific literature. Um, another important note I wanted to bring up um, is that around the associate editor's table, it quickly became an all-hands-on-deck type of situation. So um, not because not only did the COVID dedicated AEs work overtime to evaluate, assign, and provide recommendations on COVID submissions, but also even AEs who were not directly involved in this effort were handling numerous other submissions that would otherwise have been assigned to us. So I feel that their contribution was equally important to our COVID-related efforts. Um, and rapid review times and publication wasn't the only concern, correct? What else was top of mind when determining how the journals would handle COVID submissions? So, yes, um, I think that uh, Shirley nicely uh, talked about, you know, trying to make sure that we were still um, really evaluating the science. Um, we were also, when we were getting these submissions in, we also wanted to make sure that the manuscripts were going to the right journals. Um, and we do, we already have in place a transfer system within the ASCPT Journal of Families uh, to make sure that the content is appropriate for each of our three journals. Um, so there was transfers going on between the journals with these submissions. Um, there were examples of, you know, maybe smaller clinical studies that really weren't appropriate, um, didn't have strong uh, clinical conclusions yet, but they actually raised some really interesting hypotheses um, that we felt really deserved uh, attention and might be more appropriate, for example, for CTS and for CPT. And so we were making those decisions at the same time um, within the editorial teams and across the three journals. And Franz, did you want to talk a little bit about, uh, for PSB, what, what else yes. was top of mind? Uh, so uh, as uh, it was uh, said before, we have seen so many uh, articles written during uh, this uh, six first months of the pandemic that uh, we always thought that, of course, we want to go fast and to deliver science to the readers, but we don't want to neglect the quality of our article. So even if everybody was going to act uh, quickly, the associate editors and the reviewer we put a, a lot of emphasis on the quality of the papers accepted in all the three journals.
because it's very important for ICPT to have good quality articles. And we all know that there have been very high-ranked journals that have published too quickly some papers that had to be retracted. And we hope we don't have to do that. And I think we've done a good job on that. Keeping high quality, although we went fast. And uh, Shelley, did you want to talk a little bit about just how CPT deployed the editors and training to help with the process? Yes, we at CPT have the great fortune of having two editors in training, um, Emily Sakali and Mohammed Sahin, and who were available to help with our COVID efforts. They looked over all submitted topics and many times they read the papers for themselves to ensure that the topics and ideas within the papers didn't overlap to a large extent. So that was yet another sort of quality assurance type of step that we built into the process. And I, I think everyone's touched on this uh, a little bit, but could could everyone talk a little bit more about how the how the journal's approach has changed since the early days of COVID-19? Shirley, can we start with you? Sure. Um, during the peak of COVID submission volume, the COVID response team met virtually on a weekly basis. And as mentioned before, we asked for a three-day turnaround commitment from all reviewers of COVID-related papers. Um, however, we were definitely cognizant of reviewer burnout, and we also wanted to, be, wanted to be respectful of everyone's time that they were so graciously contributing. So we tried our best to rotate reviewers and ensure that they were only being asked to review one paper at a time with some separation in time between manuscripts. And like Dana had mentioned for CTS, we also implemented a priority triage system such that low priority submissions, you know, over time, they were no longer being assigned to a three-day turnaround review clock. Um, and then on the back end, uh, we also decreased the frequency of our COVID team meetings. They just weren't needed anymore as the pace of submissions was slowing down. Fortunately, the initial rush of submissions also subsided rather quickly. I think because many of the initial investigations you know, had been performed and they were starting to pave the way for larger or uh, clinical studies. So although it was a challenging time, I look back on it as a highly rewarding time as well. Uh, and Deanna, can you talk a little bit more, uh, same question uh, related to CTS? Sure. Um, I think the most interesting thing um, during this whole process over these last several months was to watch the science change so quickly. Um, you know, we really knew so little about this disease when we first started getting these initial submissions. So something that might be interesting in March, by the time it got through the review process, might no longer be relevant. Um, and there were other information coming out that in some cases were contradictory even. Um, this was particularly true for drugs. I mean, the, the course of drugs that were being tested for COVID during this period was changing rapidly. Um, and so we also had to make decisions as to whether this still um, should be published. In some cases, even though you know, drugs were no longer being used, there was data that was coming out that was still really useful for trying to understand why did that not work in this patient population. And so again, we were prioritizing good science um, and making sure that we were getting useful information out there for researchers that they could then follow up on um, and hopefully uh, help control this pandemic. And Franz, same question to you, just uh, for to talk about how the process has evolved since the beginning of the outbreak of yeah. the pandemic. Um, I think we tried, uh, although it's been six months, I think we all 
uh, tried to still encourage faster than usual review time on all COVID papers and articles, especially because it's so important to find new uh, treatment for uh, this disease. And something else also, in addition to uh, faster than usual review time, is also that uh, while I have agreed to expand uh, the publication of this paper so that they all appear very soon in accepted articles from the journals on the journal website, regardless of the article type, and while I expedite the COVID article so that they appear online as quickly as possible. So we're still putting a lot of uh, pressure on ACPT team, our, ourselves, and Wiley, so that the information and the articles that are accepted are very rapidly accessible to all. Uh, we've seen a lot of news about COVID treatment that is coming from preprint servers. As we all know, these are studies that have not yet gone undergone peer review. Uh, do you see dangers in the media relying on reports from preprint servers? And follow-up question to that, how is, how is your journal using preprint servers? France, can we start with you on that question? Yeah, so there is two parts in your question. The first part is whether uh, there is danger in media relying on reports from preprint server. Yes. I do think so, there are dangers. And uh, indeed, we've seen the evolution of those preprint servers where it, now they are warning on top of them saying, be careful, this is non reviews paper, review paper. Us, as scientists, we know where the uh, article comes from, whether they're written by very well-known team and whether they seem sound, because this is our job as editors-in-chief, associate editors or reviewer to quickly find out whether a paper seems to be uh, sound. But for media, I think they don't have uh, the culture and the knowledge to distinguish between a high-quality paper yet on a preprint or a bad-quality paper. So there are dangers there. About how did we use a preprint for PSP? Uh, I, asked someone, I asked someone from my team to every week go through all those preprints and look at all the COVID paper related to modeling and simulation of pharmacometrics or system pharmacology. And we've been through those and we've invited the authors to submit to PSP. But we always went through the full review process through the associate editors and the reviewer although the article was already on a preprint. Uh, Deanna, same question for you. Uh, your thoughts on preprint servers? Yeah, so CTS has also um, been looking more at papers that are submitted on the preprint servers. Um, I, think from, I think from a scientific standpoint, these are a great benefit to the research community. Um, and we all know how to handle these papers. Um, we know that they're not peer reviewed, but we're scientists and, and so we can evaluate that appropriately. We have been using them to uh, look for papers that might be appropriate for the scope of CTS. And we've assigned an AE and an EIT, one of our editors in training. Um, and they weekly review what's on um, both med archives and bio archives looking for submissions that could be relevant for CTS. And then we're sending out, um, vetting some of those and, and sending out um, some letters to authors. Um, we've gotten a fairly positive response from a number of them. 
Um, and so I think we'll continue this. We're, we're not doing this only for COVID. We're doing this for all content for CTS. Thank you everyone for your time. Um, and on behalf of humanity, all your efforts in fighting the pandemic and everything you've done. And this goes for everybody listening, uh, all the reviewers for all the journals. Thank you for everything. Uh, I'm gonna hand it back over to Elena to wrap us up. Thanks, Brian. And thank you all for taking part today. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to Clint Farm Pod. Be sure to check out past episodes while you're here and remember to visit www.ascpt.org for updated podcast releases, our latest webinars, and the most recent issues of all three journals.